Good evening, morning, afternoon, whatever time of day it is. For me, it is currently 1.10 in the morning on Friday, April 24th. And I know I like to... I'm doing this a little bit ahead of schedule, this this next episode, because... Um, well, I kind of I kind of got some interesting uh, interesting material. I got a lot of source material that I want to talk about, and uh, it just kind of happened to me while I was at work tonight. Uh, so, you know, while I have that fresh in my mind and everything, fresh in my heart, I kind of want to want to want to get it out as fast as I can, as as um, efficient as I can. So I'm gonna go ahead and make this now. Um, I hope y'all have been doing well with this whole quarantine stuff. And I appreciate so many of y'all, I mean, listening to me. I only have four episodes out and I've, I've almost got a hundred people. I mean, over 90, like 90 plus people have listened to my episodes. So, I mean, for, for listening to me talk, that's, that's amazing. I cannot thank y'all enough. Um, I actually met one of my, one of my friends, his name is, uh, is Kevin. He was, uh, I saw him at work today. So we were, we were kind of, you know, just talking, kind of catching up just for like, a few seconds he was telling me that he likes my podcast and how I like how I switch between subjects because he's ADHD and I am as well so I mean for for us it's very easy to um, you know kind of switch topics as well as still understand and retain information from whatever it was that we were previously talking about so I'm glad I was able to uh, to help you understand Kevin um, this episode is going to be very personal it's going to be very, uh, I'm, ex- I'm going to expose and, and, uh, make myself vulnerable to y'all just because of, of what I want to talk about. So, um, it's not going to be as lighthearted or as, um, as, as like funny or topical as, um, the others, you know, like try and just like stay on one subject. This one's going to be uh, mostly just, this one's going to be real. You know what I mean? As, as real as I can make it. So, uh, I hope you're excited. Well, this is, um, episode five. Now we're going to go ahead and start this right now. So like I said in the beginning, this one's going to be a little bit more, a little bit more heartfelt. Um, I know my last, no, my third one was called how sincere, you know, that was just kind of me talking about, uh, how things are going with, um, the girl I'm sweet on, but this one's, this one's more about my personal life, um, and I'm not gonna give y'all, like, a full rundown of my personal life, because that would take way too long, and I, I already feel like I talk way too much on these anyway, but, um, this one's gonna be, this one's gonna be, um, tough to, to go through, not gonna lie, um, I might cry (laughs) on here, so, uh, if you're not you're not interested in hearing that, um, I would definitely definitely just turn off now because I'm I'm, I'm going to get very emotional and, and and passionate about what I'm what I'm about to talk about, what I'm about to say and how I'm going to feel. So um, yeah, tears tears will probably be uh, inevitable. So um, I was at lunch today with uh, uh, yeah I was at lunch at work and. Uh, a coworker of mine, uh, Jose. Um, I don't remember how, but we got on the topic of of our dads, and he was telling me how his dad, you know, kind of uh, wasn't really there for him. You know, he, he was the one to teach himself how to drive. He was the one to teach himself how to put oil in the car. You know, all the things that like a, a dad is supposed to help a son with. And the dad was never around for that, so he decided to put initiative into it and and do it himself. And I, uh, 
you know, since he, he talked about his dad, I, I told him about mine. I said how I kind of either disowned or just like removed myself from his life. And I've been doing that for over a year and almost a year now. And it's, so I kind of, kind of walked, like talked with him a little, uh, I kind of talked him through, um, why I feel like that. Um, so just like a little bit of background. My mom has, I mean, she's one of the strongest people I know in faith, in, 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 in physical strength, in mental and emotional strength. I mean, if there's a job that needs to be done, it doesn't matter how much her body aches or her heart hurts. She's not going to let any kind of, of barrier get in the way of what needs to be done, especially for the people that, uh, for the, for the, the people that, that she keeps close the family that she chooses and has. Um, but unfortunately, you know, she, she had to go through, she had to go through life and some of its, its darkest, it's, uh, some of its darkest moments to, to get where she is to, to, for God to mold her into the amazing woman that I'm, I'm so proud to call my mom. Um, her, her, her mom kicked her out at like 16. She was already taking care of her younger brother who was like an infant. So one of my uncles on her side. I mean, so she's having to do that. Got kicked out. She had to start looking for jobs. She had some jobs as a, as a truck driver in her youth. Uh, like in her 20s, she had, she had a job as like cleaning houses and horses. That's what she mostly did to, to get by to, you know, to, to afford like a house or an apartment, you know, something just to, to keep a roof over her head as well as for um, our, uh, my, my uncle who was, you know, also, you know, he, uh, she was changing his diapers as well, just basically raising him as, as her own. Um, and, you know, she's just persevered through any and everything that the devil and this, this dark world has thrown her way. And she has just kept her chin up the entire time. She's all, she is, uh, she's just been so strong through, through everything. Um, and I'm, I'm so glad that she was able to, to pass that on to me and to, to be there for me when, when I need, I need that. Um, so you know, clearly my mom doesn't exactly come from, you, you could say a complete family. You know I mean? Getting kicked out at, from, at only 16. Um, I guess I could tell you, I, 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 uh, I should probably tell you that, um, you know, families even back then wasn't really close together. They were all kind of separate. She's like one of, of six, I think six or seven. So, I mean, no one ever really like got close with each other. It was pretty much just all scattered and apart from the, from the start. So around her, her thirties, you know, she meets my dad and my dad is the kind of person. I don't even know where to begin, to be honest. Um, let, let me, let me say this, uh, in, in middle school and high school, he would try and give me advice on talking to, to women or, or girls at the time. Cause I mean, I was only, I was still a minor and I guess now I'd be talking to women cause you know, they're fully grown adults at this point. Uh, but 
he would try his hardest to, to give me some kind of advice on either picking up women or to just be like not be so 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 nervous around a, a beautiful you know a, a beautiful girl or beautiful woman but he would also tell me that like in middle school in high school himself he was he was so afraid of of, of girls in general like he would deliberately tell me that like as he was um like if he saw a girl walking down the hallway or something, he would you know tuck his tail between his his legs and just just zoom down the other hallway like in the opposite direction. He he avoided like female contact, whether it be eye contact or God forbid skin talk contact. You know he avoided that like like the black plague. You know so it was it was really interesting to to, to try and have him you know give me advice on on women and dating and girls you know especially since i've never been in a relationship uh, to to this day you know but um yeah but so um you know he he meets my mom and they they had they 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 had sex before marriage so um you know when when they got married my dad was already promising my mom basically everything that she had ever wanted. My mom had been at you know at that point from 16 to where to like at that point she's like in her her 30s like mid 30s early 30s. Um, she had been working her entire life pretty much, you know, either double jobs, sometimes triple jobs, going to school still, especially for high school and, and college. So I mean. You know, here comes my dad and in, in, in the in the vows and stuff and what he promises to to do and say, or like what he what he promises to do, he promises to to be the support that she need that that she needs for um for her and and for me as I'm you know currently in her in her womb, um she, she she's she's being told that she doesn't have to work anymore that that she'll be able to um she'll be able to quit her jobs that that he's going to provide for us. He's going to he's going to keep us safe. He's going to do this, he's going to do that. And I mean, uh based on the life and the type of person that my mom is at this point, that sounds like heaven. I mean, she she was already able to to meet um to meet my dad's side of the family, and unfortunately, my my grandparents on my dad's side never liked my mom. So, I mean, dad was telling, you know, like we'll make this work. You're going to be part of the family and Mom coming from a broken family, that meant everything to her. She never had real close family. I mean, God forbid her 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 um, her own mother was the one that kicked her out of the house. And um she would find uh, role models in um in neighbors, in, in people that she worked with, maternal figures that she could, you know, that she could turn to and depend on for for motherly support and guidance since actual mom never didn't you know never really did for her so dad's coming you know dad's saying all of these and i mean mom's ready you know i mean she's already got me on the way she's tired at this point in her 30s she's she's tired she's tired of working constantly she's tired of of worrying about how she's going to provide for her next meal for um you know, for, for her and now for, for me and for the family. So everything that he's proposing, 
she accepts. Um, and he, from from what mom is, I mean, from like you know, he he failed to deliver on all fronts. She quit her job, and so she could become a stay-at-home mom to take care of me. To and it, it turned to taking care of him too. My dad is not. He wasn't ready for, he wasn't ready to leave his parents. He wasn't ready to have his own family. He wasn't ready to commit himself to a woman. And it's sad because he, he made my mom so many promises. You know, she depended on him. She, she trusted him. She, she put faith in him. He let her down at every turn. Um, my dad, you know, like I said, was in his 30s at this time that they were um, getting married. Still living with, with his parents. Not paying rent. Just pretty much like, just, you know, like almost a deadbeat without even being a dad. <sighs> Nine months into, after I was born, Dad decided having a family, saying all the things that he told my mom, being a father, being a husband, all of it was too much responsibility for him. So just like he did in middle school and high school with those girls, he tucked his tail between his legs and he ran back home to mom. He ran back home to my grandma. And my grandma welcomed him with open arms because not only did she not like my mom, she hated her. She hated her. My mom had done nothing to cause any kind of discomfort or discord between her, my dad, and my grandparents and my dad's side of the family. She just hated my mom. And my mom would do what she could to, you know, just stomach it. Because dad promised her a family. No more of the mom's side, dad's side. No, family. You get to meet my side. I get to meet your side. They get to meet each other. One family. Under the Paez last name. That's what, he, that's what he promised her. That's what she kept her sights on. So that I could, I, I could be in it. You know, I, I, could, I could have a family that my mom never, never had, and that she could as well. That she could have a husband and uh, and a dad. Like, you know, that she could have a husband and I could have a dad that we could both depend on. And as time showed, he, he didn't. He uh, went back home to his mom just lived there leaving mom to fend for her and I not even a year not even a year after I was born and he tucks tails and runs I remember when mom first told I remember when I got when mom first told me that like in middle school and high school I was so infuriated and 
I've had a great relationship with my dad before. I have, even knowing all the, the shit that he put my mom through. Um, you know, trying to take care of just me as, as a single mom, raising me for now 20 years of my life, pretty much by herself. Because my dad wasn't enough of a man to, to raise him, to raise me with her, to be there for her, like he promised. He, you know, I, I've been through all of this. You know, um, at when I was eight years old, so only in third grade in, in, in uh, elementary school, they decided to get back together again. I'm a single child. My mom has been raising me for eight years of her life by herself, allowing, you know, dad to see me through like custody and stuff. What child doesn't want their parents together? I remember as a kid, all I could think and dream and hope about and for was to have my own Trinity. You know, as I believe in God being the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I wanted my own Trinity. I wanted it to be me, my mom, and my dad. I wanted us three together. And so, at eight years old, somehow, somehow, they, they, they fixed things. It, it got better. They got back together, and for an entire year, I call it my golden year. Everything was, um, was amazing. My dad was there for us. My dad was, you know, was a dad. He had a job. He was able to, to support us. He was able to be there for mom when she needed help raising me or when she just needed a break, whenever she needed someone to be her own rock and shoulder. You know, she was so grateful that God had, had, had turned his, you know, his heart. Everything was fine. Dad decides to mention it to my grandma after a year, a year of her not knowing, a year of no arguing, a year of no fighting over custody, just a year with my parents. I can't tell you how much it meant to me to go to school in the day and come home and have my parents signed my permission slip. My parents helped me with my homework. My parents get me ready for school the next day. My parents to help me go to sleep, to read me the Bible or to read me books, to help me fall asleep, to help me, whatever. My parents were there to watch movies with my parents, both of them. Not one of them separated, not one of them being too much of a coward to take responsibility and action. And just being there with my mom. But him too. That meant so much to me. As soon as my grandmother hears word, things go south. He starts listening to my grandmother over my mom. And the whole mentality back when he left, when he was only when I was only nine months old, returns. The year of progress that he made my golden, our golden year as a family, as the Paez family of this generation. Got swept away. Started listening to my grandmother's input. She already knew she didn't like him. She didn't like my mom.
he never really defended her either. My grandmother would just talk nasty shit about my mom at the family tables when we would go over for Thanksgiving or Christmas or things like that. And grandma would make her, her comments here and there. I was too young to understand what was going on. And dad just let it slide. Not once did he try defending her in front of his own mother. That's the kind of man my dad chose to be. He chose to care more about what his precious mo- what his precious mommy thinks over the beautiful wife that he had in front of her, in front of him, the child that God had gifted him, the roles he took upon himself. If his mother didn't approve, it didn't matter to him. So after my grandma found out, things got worse, bad. Mom and dad were fighting more. I would come home and I remember even as just an eight-year-old kid, getting in front of both of them and screaming at the top of my little boy lungs to, for them to shut up so I could sleep, so I could have peace. They would yell all throughout the house. They would yell for hours, whether it be about what happened in their marriage, what happened before. My dad had reversed and all the, everything that he, he just threw it away. There was one night in particular where, um, that I'll never forget. My dad was trying to get me ready for school the next day, but my mom was trying to get me into her room to, uh, obviously, yeah, mom and dad shared, um, separate rooms once they started fighting more. Dad had like his own spare room on the, the far side of the house, kind of close to mine. Mom would have her, her master suite over by the front of the house. They rarely slept in the same room. After my gold, after our golden year. Um, but yeah, mom was trying to get me into her room to tell me something, something important, you know, something about life, something that would, would try and help me. And um, the, the door that connects uh, my mom's bedroom and the living room is like one of, it was one of the slide doors. It was, it was an old fashioned door. So, um, you no, know, I, I opened it enough to just kind of like slide through. And so I'm trying to get with my mom and my dad grabs my hand on the other side and he's like, Stephen, where are you going? And I, was, I was like, well, mom wanted to talk with me. She wanted to tell me about something. So dad started fighting back. You know, dad was like, no, you got to get ready. You got to get ready for school tomorrow. Go, you know, go take a shower. Like, you know, I mean, I'm going to get your bath ready. Or I think I was showering at that point. Honestly, uh, the, those details don't matter. It's what just what occurred that night that is just ingrained in me. Um, yeah, so... Uh, Right. Uh, Mom was trying to tell me something. Dad was trying to tell me something. I was literally caught in between like the middle of the door as my mom was trying to get me over to her room and my dad was trying to get me over to back to the living room to go towards the bathroom. So I'm literally, literally being pulled 
both sides. If I wasn't already, I mean, just having to hear both of them scream at each other, mom would throw things. Dad would, would get angry and, you know, like hit stuff. It was bad. 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 And I know they, they, they both have their own faults. And they're both, you know, part to blame for that. But. Mmm. Um. I, I, I retaliated that night. You know, I, I pulled both my arms down. I said no. I, I grabbed my mom's car keys and I locked myself in the car. Crying. Praying to God. Talking to myself. Just crying that they would stop. Just just for one night. Just just stop. Just stop the fighting. Stop the arguing. I guess my prayers are answered. Because it was that night. Um, it, it was like a, a it was like a step um, from uh, the, the, the main room into like and then there's the door and then there's like a step that leads to like the surface level where the garage was my mom was trying to grab me from the car to you know comfort me and dad was grabbed her and pushed her down that one step my dad took me out of the car ran me over to the neighbor's house who was right in front we were we were we were all good friends and we treated them like family as well, just like they treated us like family. Uh, this was, yeah, so, then this was obviously an old house of mine. So, and I mean, my dad just dropped me off there at the neighbor's. And I opened the blinds once I got into the living room because it was right in front. And I just saw everything that happened. Police cars were coming in left and right. There were at least maybe three or four cars that night. The blinking lights would blind me, but I would just stay glued to the sight. They talked to my dad. He had to go home that night, back with his parents. Mom was able to come grab me from the neighbor's place, and I think I slept with her that night. Dad comes the next morning. It was a fr- it was a Friday night, yeah. So I didn't have school. Dad comes the next morning, says, "Hey, you know, hey, Stephen, just got a officer says I got to go back with with Grandma, and Grandpa, so I, I won't be living here anymore." So he goes back to live with him again, and started counseling. In, in elementary school. Them being divorced has just... It, it's taken its toll on me throughout my entire childhood, throughout my adolescence, until I refused to let it take hold of me anymore in high school. I refused to let that impact me to make me feel bad like their divorce was my fault like if any of it was my fault and you know my dad and I like, 
my dad would still see me at custody, you know, like for custody and stuff. My mom never kept me from, never kept me from my dad because she knew how important it was to at least, even if they were separated, to have both parents there. But, you know, um, I'm not here today to talk about the divorce of my parents. I'm here to talk about my dad. We, we had gotten along fine. I mean, even despite everything that happened, mom and dad could just never be in the same house, in the same room with each other without the tension just breaking the ceiling and the walls inside each room. The silent tension just between them. They, they, they just couldn't get along anymore. Mom didn't hate him. Mom still loved him. I mean, always will. Because that's my dad. But just couldn't be together anymore. I don't know what my dad was. He, he didn't really say that, you know. He, he, he stopped saying things like, you know, I love her and stuff. Because he kept saying, um, you know, he doesn't want her to get the idea to, to try and go back with him. The audacity. So, um... You know, we, we, we had a good relationship, you know, and it was just towards the end of high school and into college, I decided to branch out more and become more independent and just become so tired of hearing about everything that my dad put my mom through. I eventually stopped wanting to go talk with him. I eventually wanted to stop seeing him. It's it's been a year now that I've really had like any kind of that I've like I tried to do like have any kind of contact with him. I mean like me specifically going over there. He he texts and calls every now and then, but I don't answer. I think the last time that I saw him in person was before this whole you know coronavirus shit happened started. Um, I was downtown dancing uh, on a school day and my dad just popped up like literally so I'm having my headphones in completely in my own zone and he's just he has the great idea to hop off the bus go to the station like that I was currently like that I had just passed because I was walking and dancing and just tap me on the shoulder I have no no idea who it was or who could be behind me. I don't know what their intentions are. I'm not, you know, I'm solely, I'm so lost in my music. So he does that. I take one look at him and I, I, I find no words to say to him. The amount of respect that I have lost for him is enough to make me not want to associate myself with him anymore. At least as for right now, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't respect him for who he is. I don't like the man that he became. I can't. Um, and you know, he would, he would, uh, so yeah, he, he grabbed my shoulder. I, I took one look at him and I just looked back continued walking forward he grabbed my arm again so I had to make conversation with him and he's like no come on Stephen talk to me I haven't heard you and I haven't heard from you in months 
It'd been like four or five, maybe six months at this point. He was like, come on, Stephen, you got to talk to me. And I said, no, dad, I'm not going to talk to you. He's like, why? And I'm like, because I'm not ready to reconnect with you. He's like, well, when? And I just go, I don't know, dad. Maybe never. All right. Not in a good fucking mood, especially after seeing you now. I'm not going to deal with this with you right now. I've got school on my mind. I've got work on my mind. My plate is full. I don't need you. I don't need the drama and the stupid shit that you bring and that you have brought into my life. That didn't say another word. Put my headphones in. Though I couldn't listen to my music anymore. And as much as it felt right to me, like personally, to, to lash out at him like that. I couldn't help but regret it. I turned off my music and I just prayed as I was walking. I said, God, I I don't know how I can think it's okay, it's okay to, to lash out at my dad like that. I don't know how I can think it's okay after not, you know, having any contact with him or like me refusing any contact with him for six straight months that he, you know, for him to try and reach out like that, for just me to reject him and just tell him in the nicest layman's terms to fuck off. I don't know how I could do that. That messed with me for a month or two after that last encounter. Especially messed me up later that night because I mean I had work right after class, so that wasn't fun. And because I decided to remove my dad from my life, my personal life, whether that's of right now or just in general, um, I lost contact with my grandparents. And my, my grandparents are the ones that they guilt trip you. They, they, they guilt trip you. That's how they get what they want. So they would call me and I would answer. They would ask me, you know, to just check up on my dad, see if he's okay. And I would just say, yeah, okay, but I would never muster up enough courage or respect or whatever the hell I want to call it to try and excuse it myself. Couldn't, couldn't do it. Couldn't be bothered. And they started, you know, like I said, they guilt trip, they, they guilt trip me. So they would call like, don't you love us anymore? You don't see us anymore. Yada, yada, this, yada, that. And I, I can't deal with that. Not right now, not with me going to college, not with me going to work, not, not with me, you know, trying to um, see where things go, you know, with this, this girl and I. Not with how I want my relationship to be with God. With my, in my life right now, I, I don't want to deal with that. I refuse. I'm not going to get myself muddled up in that drama that my own blood family caused 
I'm not going to go back to that. And you know, my mom would always be the ones to, to invite them over here. You know, mom has always known that they never liked her. But you know, she would always offer both my dad and my grandparents to come spend the night over here. She'll go out of town. She'll get a hotel or she'll go out with friends, you know, work buddies or coworkers, things like that. They, they denied it every time, every time. She made it available for them to come see me. And they didn't take the offer because it wasn't the way they wanted it. So, now that I'm choosing to not associate myself with them, they, they get the feeling that I don't love them anymore. And they're using that to try and guilt trip my mom and I to, to talk with them. It makes me so mad. I don't know how long my grandparents have left. I don't know when God's going to decide to call them home. I hope I can find some way to want to be able to reconnect with them before the next time I see them, they're in a casket. I don't want to be filled with that regret and deal with that for a good chunk of my life. Right now, I don't want to deal with it because I've got, I've got things, you know, I've got, I've got priorities. Whatever other excuse I want to try and make to justify cutting family off like that. It hurts because I know deep down, I, I want to. I want to have that connection with, with my dad again. I, I want to be able to see my grandparents. I want to be able to, to choose to see my grandparents again. But right now, I, I want nothing to do with them. I've got other things that I'm trying to focus on. I don't need their drama and I don't need their bullshit. And it's sad that I have to distance myself from my, my own blood family just to get some peace and quiet in my mind and in my heart. My mom has always taught me, and it's it's how I've I've learned to adapt. Just the mindset that I have after you know my parents being divorced and everything. Family doesn't always necessarily mean you know 
who your blood, you know, who's related to you by blood. It's who you choose. My mom would find maternal figures in, you know, people that she worked for or neighbors. She would call one of her neighbors, Grandma Bell, because she saw him. She saw her as a grandmother. She was she was there for her. My close net of friends, and f- they're my family. I have brothers and sisters, both younger and older. Being a Christian has taught me that everybody is my brother and sister. You know that all the other people who they're all my brothers and sisters in Christ because we're all God's children God doesn't have grandchildren so it's it's because of that that I have the mentality that I do you know I choose my family and I choose to be there for them they my dad would hate the fact that I would choose to spend time with who I call my brothers who are actually there for me who are there to support me and defend me and be there for my mom and the piece of shit who walked out on us because it was too much to handle. All right, I'm going to end this one right now and then I'll, I'll do a closing statement. If you made it through that, you know, as, as boring as that might have been, um, you, know, you deserve a pat on the back. You know, I'll go ahead and pat myself on the back, too, because I, I really thought I was going to, to tear up. When I was talking with Jose about this, um, I was holding back tears because I didn't want to get too lost in the emotion that, you know, it would hinder me from the rest of my shift. But, no, I, I've cried about this before. He's just not who I wanted him to be. And, you know, some people go throughout their lives without knowing their dad. Um, I'm not going to say I don't love him. I'm not going to say I hate him or I'd be better off without him. But just wish he was more. I wish he was what he promised my mom. I wish he was what he promised us. I wish he was there. And my mom was the one that had to teach me a lot of the stuff. Teach me to drive, shave, trim down there. I mean, even, I mean, all the stuff that your dad's supposed to, like, that, okay, basically, like, all, all the stuff that, like, the, the masculine stuff that dads teach their sons mom had to do it just like how all the the stuff that you know moms usually teach their girls and it's usually the single dads that have to that step up to the plate to to teach their little girls about everything that was my mom 100% of the way Um, I've even talked with some customers about him because I've had to get it off my chest when he would um, try and force himself to see me. So he would come visit me at work, 
so would grandma and grandpa thinking that I would drop everything and run into their arms. I didn't. And it messed me up one day and I was talking to my customer about it and he's like, no, you know, I, I think it's good that you're, you know, that you have your own life away from them. You're distancing yourself right now and that that's what you need to, you know, be stable and happy, then that's what you deserve. I think in later in time, God will tell you when, but in your heart will tell you when's the right time to reconnect. I just hope and pray that I don't let, um, I don't let that sign go unnoticed. And by the time I try, it's too late. This was, this was a, this was a depressing episode for sure. I'm, I'm definitely left feeling some kind of way. Um, yeah, this is one of the, the more personal subjects that really just affects me. And I don't know, after talking about it at lunch, I figured I'd, I'd share it. Maybe somebody else can relate to it or just sympathize with me. I'm not looking for pity. Don't worry. I don't, I don't need that from anybody. Just wanted to tell a little bit more of my story and like I said just hope somebody can relate to it this has been um, episode 5 of Sincere Sessions with Steven and I'm going to go ahead and call it a night it's 2 in the morning now and I've got work in the afternoon so it's with a little bit of a heavy heart for me right now but uh, I pray y'all have a, a blessed day, night, whatever, and y'all continue to stay safe. Thank you again for, for tuning in for this long. All right, bye-bye.